the Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. The Gospel is printed on the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your Pew Bible on page 823. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Word of God, Word of Love. Our preaching text today comes from 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 1 through 17, and then verses 25 through 29, and is printed on the back of your bulletin. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard it, for he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt. And they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke that he placed on us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Go away for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the older men who had attended his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, how do you advise me to answer the people? They answered him, If you will be a servant to this people today, and serve them, and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. But he disregarded the advice of, that the older men gave him, and consulted with the young men who had grown up with him, and now attended him. He said to them, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus you should say to the people who spoke to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you must lighten it for us. Thus you should say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Now whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had said. Come to me again the third day. The king answered the people harshly. He disregarded the advice that the older man had given him and spoke to them according to the advice of the young men. My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people because it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam, son of Nebat. When all Israel saw that the king would not listen to them, the people answered the king, What share do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Look now to your own house, O David. So Israel went away to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and resided there. He went out from there and built Peniel. Then Jeroboam said to himself, Now the kingdom may well revert to the house of David. If this people continues to go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, the heart of this people will turn against their master. 
again to their master, King Rehoboam of Judah, they will kill me and return to King Rehoboam of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. He said to the people, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. He set one in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, we pick up this odd story a few generations after King David. Remember last week we heard about his anointing as the king and how God was with him through all the messy, complicated parts of his rule and his life. King David ruled about 40 years, most of it over the united 12 tribes of Israel. And after David's death, leadership is passed to his son Solomon, and then to Solomon's son Rehoboam. And as Rehoboam takes leadership, all 12 tribes are still united. But there is a threat to this union. The northern tribes have threatened secession if Rehoboam does not lighten the labor that was imposed by Solomon. You see, Solomon had forced all the people into labor uh, to build his famous temple and treated them quite harshly. So at first, Rehoboam seems to act reasonably, right? He asks for three days to make a decision and then calls in a variety of advisors. And the older men counsel Rehoboam to be a servant leader to serve the people and speak good words to them, but Rehoboam disregards that advice and instead follows the advice of the younger men, the ones who had grown up with him. Rehoboam and his peer advisors assume that power should be exercised through brash arrogance, enslavement, and demeaning and diminishing the people. They think that the way to impress the people is to dominate and degrade them And so Rehoboam does not grant the request of the people. Instead, he adds to their forced labor and increases the harshness of punishments. The people rebel under the leadership of Jeroboam, and the kingdom splits. And while Jeroboam can be admired for coming back from Egypt to help the people stand up to Rehoboam, once he becomes the ruler of the northern tribes, he immediately makes the mistake of creating golden calves for the people to worship. So they don't have to go back and forth to Jerusalem lest they get corrupted again by King Rehoboam. This story shows us the way that power can be seductive and take hold of people, even with the best intentions. Spreading the lie that your ability to dominate and subjugate becomes how you understand who you are, your identity. This is power at its very worst, and it is not unfamiliar to us. It only takes a few minutes of paying attention to the news to see how this is lived out in our own political and social realm. Today is Reformation Sunday, and Uh, you may be thinking this is really weird to talk about on Reformation Sunday. And you're right, it is super weird to talk about on Reformation Sunday. But Luther was concerned about similar issues at the time of the Reformation. In the 16th century, the church had become a worldly power. Bishops bought their seats, or their fathers bought them for their sons. 
Construction is happening on St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, and they're running out of money to finish the job. And so they decide to sell forgiveness as a fundraiser. Those in power were trying to lord it over others and trying to extract more and more wealth from the poor in order to build this extravagant uh, basilica. Luther objects to this particular fundraiser, among many other objections, 94 of them in fact. If hashtags would have been a thing in the 16th century, Luther's would have been hashtag not for sale. And this led to the split of the church. Luther desperately wanted to remain a Catholic. He loved the church. But he couldn't stand how they were treating the poor and the weak and the regular people. And so he kept standing up to the church, which led to a schism, a split, just like the kingdom splits in our reading today. And it is terrible in both cases. No one took this action lightly, and the pain of the split of the church is with us even now in Catholic and Lutheran relationships. So we lament then, looking at the Bible, looking at our own history, what are we supposed to do? How can we become united again? What is the antidote to this deep division in our nation and our communities and our relationships? Well, we can go back to those words of the older advisors. Verse 7. If you will be a servant to the people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, then they will be your servants forever. It is advice that foreshadows Jesus' words in the gospel today. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you, you must be slave to all. Both the older advisors and Jesus are pointing to the idea that servant leadership generates gracious service in return. God's power takes it goes in the direction of easing the burden of the oppressed, not adding to it. And Jesus shows us what this looks like in his life throughout the stories of the Gospels, ultimately giving his life in an act of service. So what does that have to do with us, especially today, especially as we look forward to later this morning celebrating the affirmation of baptism of our nine young people. Well, one of the promises that they will affirm is that they will serve all people following the example of Jesus and strive for justice and peace in all the earth. This means that they are not finished with this work because they are affirming their faith today. It means that they are taking it on as their own responsibility. And it doesn't mean that they will never make a mistake or change their mind about faith or how it is lived out. Faith is a practice, and as they deepen their relationship with God and God's people, they will mess it up, and they will make changes, they will try something new, and they will start over again. And just as it doesn't mean the end of the young people's learning and growing, it also means that it is not the end of ours either. Today, as we look forward to that celebration, as we remember the history of our church, as we hear about this kingdom divided, 
we can also remember the promises that were made at our baptisms, the promises we made on behalf of our own children and godchildren, the ones we commit to every time a child is baptized right here in our own congregation, the promises we ourselves affirmed on our confirmation day. We are called to continue this faithful work of servant leadership, following Jesus' example, striving for justice and peace in the world. The shape of the Christian life, according to Luther, is that through Christ we become perfectly free, Lord of all, subject to none, and perfectly dutiful, servant of all, subject to all. Our leadership and our lives of faith find their truest expression in service. The world is full of Rehoboams and Jeroboams, calling us to various forms of idolatry, convincing us that we have to rely on our own power. And also, there are voices of older and younger advisors, pointing us to the way that the gospel can and will be embodied over and over in generations to come. People following the example of Christ. May we listen carefully for those voices, and may we be the voices of the same good news that others are listening for. Thanks be to God. Amen.